Well, hey, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of Faith and Friends, and happy December. I am so glad that you are here today for our conversation. It is going to be a beautiful one. If you saw the title, yes, this episode is for you. This episode is all about hope and grief and how we can hold both the sorrow and the joy of what comes with with loss. And so that is Miss Sarah Berger's story. Experiencing a loss of a loved one is inevitable in this life. It's really just a part of being human. So if you find yourself in this season grieving, when the world is celebrating and rejoicing, take heart because we have hope. Hope has a name, his name is Jesus, and Miss Sarah and I are gonna chat about all the things, and we pray this episode meets you right where you are today. You're so loved. Miss Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today on Faith and Friends. I'm so honored, Miss Georgia. So honored, honey girl. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You are an author. You are the founder of Ambassador Services International. You're a mama. You're a wife. But here's what I love, I think, most of all, is you're an obedient, faithful servant and daughter of the King. And it's just one of the most beautiful things ever. Oh, thank you, honey. There's no greater call than to just lay down at the feet of Christ Jesus. And, and like you said, the obedience thing, it's, it's key. And it's key to what we're going to be discussing today, for sure. Absolutely. And we're diving into your new book, Hope in the 11th Hour. And I just love the title. So let's just start there. There's so many things that make up this title. You could have used any word, but you said hope. And then also yes. when you grab this title, the 11th hour, there's so many of us that may not understand, well, what do you mean the 11th hour? What does that even mean? So I would love, could you just unpack that for us for a minute? Wow. Wow. Really great question. So hope in the 11th hour is really based on how Jesus in our walk through grief has shown himself faithful and seemingly at times in the very last moments. Mm. And I would say, even, even as a mom, having walked through relinquishing her son to the sovereignty of God, we found ourselves 13 years ago now, Georgia, is when wow. our son went to heaven. So we are, we're well into this grief journey. And that's important for moms to know just when they hear me giggle at times or have some freedom and joy. It's because we are so far into this and the Lord has met us with so much power. But in the hospital, when you find yourself as a parent, begging God, fasting and praying, thousands showing up, um, praying around Vanderbilt and asking the Lord to do the miraculous for your child. And God in his sovereignty doesn't do that. In the 11th hour, he may exchange, you know, taking your child to the kingdom for other treasure. I know that's hard to get your brain wrapped around, but in the 11th hour, he still comes in like a flood with hope that you, you in those initial moments are so shocked at the hope he visits you with that, that that's really where the title comes from. And, and throughout the book, you'll find that in the last moments, in shocking, brilliant ways, the Lord just shines himself with hope when you're most desperate. So mm. there you go. 
That's chicks. That's a lot of detail, but I think moms will get that. Yeah, absolutely. And our hope, it has a name. And so I could also read this title as Jesus in the 11th hour. Yes. Yes. I mean, even, even in these initial moments when your child goes to heaven, Jesus, the King, Shalom himself, peace himself, he comes in and and what the hope is, Georgia, is that people will start recognizing that he's there and and will embrace him rather than shun him. And we'll we'll get into that a little bit more, I'm sure, in this discussion. Yes, absolutely. And so for the, for the friends that have not picked up the book yet, take us back 13 years ago, your precious son, Josiah, he was 19. Tell us this, this story. Yeah. So Josiah, we call him Saya. Mm. Uh, Saya was actually just a few days away from his 19th birthday, Georgia, mm. when he left um, the house about 1045 at night to go visit some friends at Sonic in Grassland Mm, (laughs) Um, uh, to say goodbye to them. They were going to be leaving for college and he himself was leaving for Knoxville in just days. And he kissed me on the cheek and went off to, to visit his buddies and about, you know, maybe 20 minutes after in the 11th hour, (gasps) Saya was in a, unexplainable single car accident on a windy, you know, country road. And we'll never know, maybe never even in the kingdom, because the Lord hasn't allowed us to go those places. He says to look forward because Josiah is wildly alive. Why would we entertain that circumstance that happened? And he, he leaves literally for the kingdom we beg and plead again um, for his body to remain here on earth, that he might be entirely healed. And yet the Lord chose to take him. And and Georgia, I I believe, and it's in the book, that that Sai was immediately with the king, that yeah. he immediately was with the Lord. We were just praying and hoping that the Lord may send him back. But I know in the immediate he was there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that was something as a young child, I remember when I lost my first grandparent that I was like, man, the Lord didn't answer my prayer, mom. Like I wanted him to be healed. Like I, I really like that little child, innocent, you know, faith where you're just like, man, but did, did God hear me? And I remember my sweet, beautiful mama said, you know, beloved, he did. Just on the other side of heaven, his healing was complete. He is new. This is just the beginning for him. And so you say in in the book that our loved ones, they're not lost, but rather found. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, this is so important. And so I would just love, what does that mean to you that he is found? Yeah, well, predominantly what it means is what scripture says, you know, to lose your life is to gain it. Um, And 
It also comes against culture, Georgia, mm-hmm. which is a really big deal, even with the church, how culture has come in and dulled heaven to mm-hmm. even Christ followers. And we find ourselves saying things that aren't biblically sound, saying, you know, people approaching us in those initial days and months saying, I'm so sorry you lost Josiah. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry that he died at such a young age. And we felt the spirit in us just there was friction like there's something wrong here there's something wrong here lord and him coming in quickly and saying josiah is not lost mm. he just is living in the homeland yes you've not lost him and he's still your son mm-hmm. your grandparent is still your grandparent only alive and so much better on the other side of a very thin veil. So we as a family have kind of come against this cultural dictate that wants to diminish the work of Christ on the cross. And even even alluding to Josiah being dead is like, oh, no, no, you don't understand. Josiah is dead. He is like more alive than we are in the kingdom itself. So there you go. That's the truth. And that's why Jesus came. Yeah, no, this is the whole point. Like, this is where we're wanting to go. And you're so right. And man, oh, girl, I'm just so glad you're touching on this because you're right. We're so quick to just say, you know, to align ourselves with even what culture is saying when when truly when we're grafted into his family and we we say no to the things of this earth, like this is not our home. We're just passing through, you know. Like, oh gosh, I, I love that. And I really kind of needed to hear that again because we know that. We know that, right? Yeah. But we it's know another it thing to spirit. speak it. It's another thing to speak it. And Georgia, you know how um, the Holy Spirit brings scripture to remembrance. I mean, Jesus yes. said, like, the, I'm sending a helper mm-hmm. and he's bring, you know, verses to your remembrance and and be there with you. And I, so we need to, to as a people, when we enter into these, oh, just, I mean, it's so sorrowful. It's so hard. When we enter into these valleys of grief, the valley of death itself, mm-hmm. we need to be so ears open to those verses that the Holy Spirit brings up because we are so vulnerable, Georgia. Yeah. And the yeah. enemy will want to come and lie to you and 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 even God-fearing people saying things that aren't scripturally sound. We need to lean so much into the Lord and into those verses that he brings to remembrance so we can fight against the counterfeit mm. and come against the one that would want to crush our very souls, yeah. right? So anyhow, it's 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 important. Girl, <laughs> no, 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 that's so good. So let me ask you, what are some of the scriptures or passages that truly were your anchor? Because you're so right. Yeah. Even people that we love and that may be on our team in a yes. moment, the enemy can use anyone to plant yes. a seed of doubt or just, you know, we are so vulnerable during those grieving moments that yep. we are more susceptible to maybe let a bird kind of make a nest in our head that did not need to be there or have permission, yeah. you know, days before. Yeah. And, and before you know it, 
you are caught off and you're taken, you're derailed from walking in hope and faith. So one of the very first things that the Holy Spirit told me, Georgia, I mean, this was only days after Josiah left for the kingdom. I kept hearing this repetition of the body of Christ, Mm. the body of Christ. And, you know, it's interesting how Job in Job, it says that, you know, the Lord will speak this way and that, and men don't perceive it through dreams and, you know, could be scriptures through all different means. And we don't perceive it. It also says in Job that he'll repeat himself. He speaks once and twice and three (laughs) times to a man to to save his soul from the pit. Yeah. So yeah. pay attention if you're walking through grief that God will repeat himself. So the body of Christ, the body of Christ. And finally, I went, Holy Spirit, is that you? Wow. What are you telling me? And the Lord spoke and said, would I cut off my arm? Would I cut off my leg? And I'm like, no, Lord. He goes, nor have I cut Josiah off from the body of Christ. Hmm. And I just went, oh, because I knew the word. See, this is so important, folks. We need the word in us. We need it for these moments or we're going to be derailed. I knew the word enough to know that's right. Okay, you, the body of Christ, we are all a part of it. And, And he gave me a visual. He gave me a picture, Georgia, of a painting of Jesus with a line right down the center. And he told me there's one body, one on this side of the veil and one on the other. And why in the world culturally we tend to think that there's two. There's those guys over there and there's us over here. So that one body gives us the um, true, um, the truth in that we're still connected to our loved ones, it's hard, it's tragic. Death was never a part of God's original plan, but he came to defeat that. And once we say yes to Jesus, the veil is of mm-hmm. no consequence. I may be a hand over here on earth side, but Josiah may be a finger over here. So it 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 touches the grief wound of separation. So for this mom, God mm-hmm. knew I need to get this straight right now with Sarah and, and show her the truth that this, although they're separated, they're still connected because we are all a part of the one body of Christ. So that was one of the first, but isn't that remarkable? Yes. I'm blown away. And I'm just so grateful that you know him, you know, his voice and you have to be in his word. And the only thing he exalts over himself is his word. And it's the truth that will set you free. And Mm -hmm. that's why we have to be in it daily. It is our daily bread. It is him that is the author and the pioneer perfecter of our faith. And we can't walk by faith if, if, if we are not, you know, in him, you can, Mm -hmm. you know, you can be with Christ, but there's a difference with being with Christ and being in him and being one with the spirit. And so that's just so powerful. And I think for me, even this idea of communion, just like communing in that intimacy with him, also that physical of taking the body and the bread. I mean, yes. the body and the, you know, the blood that is just yeah. so important. And so yeah. did you find yourself um, taking communion during this time and it was giving you just a deeper significance of what this means. Yeah. 
Well, if you really dive in and study <laughs> what communion is, and the, it's the koinonia, yeah. the, per- the perfect fellowship of not just believers here on this side, it's the universal <laughs> church, you know, and I can't even, I, I can't go there because it's so high. It's so it's so much to take in. I just know and trust what the word says yeah. that this is about the fellowship of the church, the body of Christ in the world and in through the veil. And um, we have to remember, Georgia, you know, it's so it's so easy to forget. Like we come together and we take communion, the body and the blood, and we remember Christ. But if you go back to when Jesus instituted the um, communion, literally breaking bread and remembering him. It was on what holy day? It mm-hmm. was on Passover. So that should even just shock us into the beauty of communion. What is Passover? Passover is the remembering of putting the blood of the lamb over the doorposts in Egypt and the the Israelites, the Jews that were held captive there, believing in the Passover blood of the lamb and and how Jesus instituted the the last supper, if you would, on that very day, remembering and, and being able to say that or symbolizing that I am that lamb. Ultimately, that taking communion is allowing for the passing over of the the death angel and that we, although we, our bodies perish here, Hmm. the, the truth is we live forever. So I, you know, in those initial days too, when the Lord was communicating to me about the body of Christ, the body of Christ, Georgia, in those same days, he was calling us to take communion. And my Mm -hmm. hubby and I, most every day in our home, we were taking communion. And if not together, I was on the floor in a puddle of a thousand tears, breaking bread because he says to do it. He does. He says to do it. And I can't explain it all, Georgia. It's so much of it is just spiritual in nature and mm-hmm. supernatural. But in obedience, I came. Yeah. In obedience, even sometimes twice a day. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember, remember. And to me, it was really about remembering this is why I came. It all comes yes. back to this is why Jesus came to defeat death, hell, and the grave yep. for those who would believe. So there you go. I love it. I love it. And I think truly as the church um, here in America, we have, we have downed the significance of communion and it makes me so sad that some churches, they're just doing it quarterly or, you know, Mm -hmm. once a month. And I, I grew up in a church where we did it, you know, every other week and I understood what it was, but now Mm -hmm. obviously when you just grow and you're off the bottle and you're eating that spiritual meat and you're understanding these practices Mm -hmm. and why he says to remember him, I just kind of want to put it out there, friends, like you, you're, you don't have to just go to church to do communion. You are the body, you are the bride, you are the ecclesia, and you can break bread in your home, even by yourself 
on the floor in a puddle, in your grief, in your sorrow, also in your joy and all Mm -hmm. circumstances. Right. And so I just, I just want to put that out there because that's so important. And I've seen the significance that it's made as I've exchanged my life for his by Mm -hmm. daily taking his body and taking his blood and pleading the blood of Christ over my home and over my body, because we are nothing without the blood. (laughs) Yes. The blood. I mean, you know, if, if only we realized, you know, if somebody were to ask you, what's the strongest force in the world? I think most of us would immediately go to a cultural, temporal answer when really it is the blood of Jesus mm-hmm. over everything. It is more atomic than a bomb. It can <laughs> wash clean. It, it defeated death. I mean, what? more powerful source, but the blood of Jesus. So I, you know what, Georgia, can I speak to something else Come quick? I feel, I feel the prompting. It's all in the book and that feels weird and self-promoting and ugh, I hate that. But <laughs> if somebody would wanted to read more, but this is the deal also within the context of taking communion and the remembering, the remembering and the body and the blood I began to take note that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me like, you know, Jesus is the forerunner of your faith. He was broken for you. But now we know that we are his body again here on earth. We're supposed to emulate him. So there's the challenge within taking that communion, remembering you died for my sin. You bled for me, Jesus. But now I'm supposed to be broken for the world mm. and I'm supposed to die to self. And so it, it is a challenge. And, and if you're walking through grief and sorrow, whatever your circumstance may be, how are you going to do it? Mm. Are you going to walk it out in a way that people might look at you and, and say, I want to know that Jesus because that chick is filled with hope, even though she's walking through tremendous devastation. So we need to look at ourselves. It's the fellowship of the suffering. And when you see people suffer well, you know, their roots are deep in Christ, Mm -hmm. right? And that's, you know, there's, there's no other answer except to dive deep and get your roots crazy deep. So you'll not topple, you know, when you when you're visited with the most excruciating pain imaginable mm. yeah i just picture an oak tree and how those roots are just planted so so deep and this tree then offers shade to others even yeah. in even in the tossing and the turning of even when the rainstorm comes you can find shelter under that tree and yeah. so that that is just so so beautiful and to suffer well. And I even have a a friend that is going through cancer for the second time. She's a young mom of of four boys and I'm watching her surrender Mm. to the father every day with such joy and hope in the midst of grief, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of the unknown, but Mm -hmm. just praising her savior because she knows him. She has those deep roots. Mm -hmm. And can we talk for a minute, just about healing, because mm-hmm. I think sometimes people don't don't think it's okay to to believe for healing, and they just say, "Oh, well, this is just a part of God's plan," and just all these things. Where I believe, mm-hmm. and I believe that 
you know, he is the ultimate healer. I have read throughout the scriptures countless times where by <laughs> one touch, by one word, by one glance, that our <laughs> Savior has truly done what only he can do. And so can we just talk about that for a minute? Because you were fasting, you were praying, and yeah. those are all beautiful and wonderful things that I believe as believers who are mm -hmm. walking by faith and not by sight, knowing that the spiritual war is at hand, that this mm -hmm. is not a battle of flesh and blood. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I just think healing is super incredible and it yeah. may be on this side of glory or the other. Right, right. You know what I heard the Holy Spirit say right now? Hmm. This is about not giving in to the enemy. Come on. It's not just as, as it, I don't want to say, I don't want to simplify the word. It's not just about believing for healing or relinquishing it to the sovereignty of God. This is about giving up too soon. Mm. And I think, you know, listen, Georgia, I, I believe wholeheartedly that absolutely the Lord heals. I mean, if he could raise from the dead, he, he can do anything. <laughs> he can do yeah. anything. Yeah. But it's so much, what it really comes down to is in our prayer for healing and our holding out for the supernatural move of God, mm -hmm. when he, and if he so chooses in his sovereignty to take a saint home, is that going to be the end of our faith? Mm. Are we literally just going to walk away from Jesus because he didn't perform what we wanted him to perform? Mm. Are we holding God so much in this little box and confining him to like our mindset? You guys, he is so much above us. And so we're called to believe for healing. I believe in the whole canon of God. Yeah. You know, that if he healed in, in the New Testament and in the old for that matter, mm -hmm. you know, we're supposed to submit our hearts to that and believe for that same thing. But do we just abandon the faith? Mm -hmm. So it's a telltale sign of who we are in Christ. If we abandon our faith when the Lord doesn't perform what we think, you know, like we're on the throne in those moments, right? Um, and so believe for healing, do the next thing he asks you to do. If he tells you to fast and pray, get on your knees for 24 hours. You, you obediently do whatever he's asked you to do. And in the end, sovereign God makes whatever decision he deems well, but he is proud of you. If you sacrifice of your time or your food or your treasure, whatever it looks like to believe that he can do it. So who are you? Mm. Who are you? You know, your, your precious buddy that's walking through cancer right now. I venture to say that she has joy because she knows it's win-win yeah. either way. And I think we raising our children, raising our babies to be enthralled with eternity and not the idea of heaven, but the truth of eternal life to to live their little lives brave knowing you know the lord we're believing that the lord will absolutely heal her on this side but do you know what in the end we want our babies to know like hey i'm not afraid of death mm -hmm. because i live forever you know and training our families up to embrace eternal life and not fearing death right yeah so important
Yes, absolutely. That is all so good. I just, I just love you. And I love the way that you're walking in him every mm. day. And you know, your Ava, you know, your father, you know, that this is not your home. And I thank you for sharing your story for such a time as this. And so, man, as we go towards the holidays, and it's just so exciting. It is the sweetest. I just love it when your people get to come together and you're around the table and gifts are shared and memories are made. But to the friend that may be celebrating the first holiday without in the flesh, that sweet loved one in the chair next to them, what hope do you have to share with them today? Well, there's so much to that question, honey girl, Um, because truly those, those initial holidays, birthdays, those first, they're, they're difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, um, they're difficult, but God has an answer. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we have to embrace that the loved one that's, that's not seated beside them is in the kingdom. Okay. What I would, what I would say is this, um, to make much of that loved one, to not be silent about them. Mm. I would welcome conversation about them around the holiday table. Um, and that for all the family and friends to hear. Um, I, I think it's important that let's say I'm gathering, um, a bunch of people together and Josiah had only gone to heaven months before and whether family or not, I think that, that we, as the, um, you know, the, the people who are welcoming others in need to allow for and let people know, and maybe even before they walk through those doors, send an email saying, Hey, you guys, you know, this is a difficult time, but the last thing I want you to do is feel like you need to be silent about Josiah. Mm. I want you to know that we welcome conversation about him, that we're approaching this with the knowing that he's alive in the kingdom and those conversations are welcome. And the hope that you're saying, what kind of hope can I bring during the holidays? That conversation about them not being dead, but alive, I'm just telling you, It'll visit everybody's face. There may mm-hmm. be tears. There may be serious tears. But the knowing that your loved one is alive needs to be the focus. It needs to be at the at the front. So if does that help a little bit, yes. Jordan? Yes, there needs absolutely. To be liberty, liberty to talk. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Bringing that light into the space and remembering, because back yes. to that communion of remembering, he didn't say think of me or, you know, honor me. He said, remember me. And so when you're yes. in that fellowship and communion, that mm-hmm. is so important to remember and to bring yes. that light and yeah. that truly outshines the darkness. And so, man, yeah. I never do this, Miss Sarah, but I just really would love to end this episode. If you could pray for the families and mamas and fathers and siblings and the friends out there that are grieving during this time, if we could yeah. just lift them up as we in this sweet conversation together. So honored. Thank you, honey. Father God, it's in Jesus' name and by your spirit, we lift up every family, 
every friend, everyone that's walking through this valley of the shadow of death. We're asking, Holy Spirit, that you would visit them with words of encouragement, that you would script out incredible um, encounters, Lord God, that their eyes would be open to your means of bringing comfort, whatever that may look like. I pray by your spirit they would be able to identify it. And Father God, we make much of every one of these saints that have gone on to glory. We make much of them. We know that they are elated when we here on this poor earth recognize that they are wildly alive and active and serving. And, and Lord God, even that in, in Romans 12, excuse me, Hebrews 12, 1, when it talks about the great cloud of witnesses, Lord God, we thank you that there are even moments that our loved ones are able to here in. And Father God, we bless you that you sent Jesus to defeat death, hell, and the grave, that we will be united once again with our family and friends that have gone before us. Father, we make much of heaven and eternity and our eternal home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Miss Sarah, thank you so much for joining us here on Faith and Friends. And let me ask, where can we find this book? Oh, this is so new to me. This is going to sound so silly. <laughs> this is so exciting. You, well, if you, I mean, you can, you can get it on Amazon. There are other vendors that carry it, but honey girl, I would, I would say probably Amazon is the easiest way to go on and just search yeah. for Hope in the 11th hour. And, and there it is. And it's on audio book too, which is oh. kind of a sweet little thing, because if you are walking through grief, sometimes it's difficult. It's difficult to even pick up the word. That's right. why you need it hidden in your heart. But even just listening in a story form, is brings a degree of comfort for those who can't pick up a book itself so anyhow there you go absolutely and so friends i'm gonna make it super easy for you it's in the show <laughs> notes just click the link and you can go get your copy and i'm sure with amazon it'll be here in just a couple days so that's wonderful and thank you so much miss sarah and i just love you so much i'm beyond honored to be your sister in the faith thank you georgia thanks for having me honey i'm honored well, friends, thank you so much for joining us in this conversation. I truly do pray it was honey to your soul today. And wherever you are, in whatever type of season you're in, if you know someone that is grieving or going through a hard time, send them this episode. Send them an encouraging text message or pray for them or bring them a meal. Ugh. Jesus is the reason for the season and we can celebrate him all year long, not just when the calendar hits December and we see the countdown to Christmas begin. Well, friends, I love you so much and I'm so excited to see you next week. But I got to tell you, if you're not doing anything for an, a special Advent reading, like I'm going through a Bible study with Lifeway Women, which I totally recommend that. It's never too late to start. But also, I am this season going through Luke. The second chapter, verses 1 through 20, every day. And I'm going to look at it at a different perspective from maybe one day thinking about it from Joseph's perspective or Mary or even the angels, the shepherds, the townspeople. What if someone was walking by the, the stable when baby Jesus was being born? All these things. I'm just thinking about it all and maybe even reading it from different translations as I go from day to day. But anyways, I just wanted to tell you about that. And also, I've heard a lot of people doing a, you know, 
they take a chapter of Luke a day, which is neat because there's 24 chapters. So you can read the Christmas story and all about Jesus's earthly ministry all through the month of December. So I just kind of wanted to tell you those two fun ideas and just as options as you go through this beautiful month, just centering your heart around Jesus, the whole reason for the season. So I love you so much and I'll see you next time. But until then, do not forget, there is a song on your heart only you can sing. Your voice is important. Bye, friends.